You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're excited today, of course, to worship the Lord, whether it's uh, a little chilly outside or not. Uh, thank you for uh, just the fellowship break and uh, everybody getting uh, a little warm here. And uh, I always love the song leader singing on out and getting us ready to truly worship God. Amen. Definitely got to thank our brother Blaze Fuma for uh, really spearheading our mercy worldwide here. And... Uh, for those that don't know, uh, just as a reiteration, I mean, uh, Mercy uh, is our benevolent arm for our church, and we do truly want to go after the poor. And, uh, you know, uh, Blaze uh, serves as our international uh, project director uh, for the movement, for the churches all around the world. So uh, it's great seeing him uh, see the vision for some of you to be able to support in that. And I really believe by faith, uh, Mercy Worldwide is going to be a, a project, a benevolent arm of the church where we'll be able to show ourselves to be the true, true disciples by reaching out to the poor. Amen. So we want to make sure that you keep your ears peeled uh, for all of those things, your eyes peeled rather than your ears open. Uh, I want to thank my wife for uh, putting together our, our church calendar here. Now you may not see a church calendar, but our ushers have the calendars and they'll be handing them out at the end of our service. And there's some uh, some great things that are on the uh, the calendar. Of course, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much through January, but uh, we have our, uh, our special contribution in April. Uh, that's at the end of April. Of course, some of the other churches are doing their special contribution. And of course, special contributions where we, we give sacrificially to promote the evangelization of the nations in this generation. And, uh, you know, in our, in our heart, we just want to hire as many young people as possible and uh, even those old people that are still dreaming and uh, really allow them to be able to go to different areas to preach the word of God. Amen? So you'll see that on the calendar and you'll also see uh, our global uh, leadership conference. It's going to be in Los Angeles, California. That's in uh, August. That's on your calendar. So when you grab it, you'll see that. And then of course in November, we're going to have our European missions conference. We're going to have people coming from all around the world to London, England to hear the word of God preached and of course that is going to be in November and uh, be praying because I'm in the process of trying to get Corey Blackwell uh, of course uh, those that know Corey Blackwell he played in the NBA and uh, but the NBA wasn't 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 the kingdom of God so he gave up the NBA to be in the kingdom of God and even though Michael Jordan is a great basketball player he didn't want to be like Michael Jordan he wanted to be like Jesus <laughs> and so we're uh, we're praying that we can really uh, get Corey to come here and speak, uh, but I have slated Andrew Smelly, the preacher for the big church there in New York City. He's coming to preach the word to you. Amen. Please make sure you go through the calendar uh, as the ushers will hand it out to you at the end. Amen. Uh, I want to thank some visitors that I see today. Of course, uh, in the Golders Green Bible Talk, we got a little faith going on up there. I saw Christine out uh, to visit with us today. So if you don't know Christine, she's sitting there. I wanted to embarrass her a little bit there. She's a great woman of God. Uh, it's great to have her. Uh, here today. Of course, uh, I heard I didn't get a chance to meet, but uh, Angela Ibrahim, uh, of course, that's Cleo's mother is here today. And uh, I, I, I saw her in the fellowship briefly, but I wanted to make note that she's here and make sure you encourage her. Uh, 
also her uh, her brother is here today, Gavin. Uh, I think it's Falk. Did I pronounce Folk? Okay, Gavin Folk's here. Uh, I, I don't I don't know where they're at, but let's make sure we we encourage them for being here today. And if you're visiting for the first time, I, I thank you for being here with us. Amen. Okay, let's uh, let's get into our Bible study for today. Hopefully, you're not too. Uh, you're taking your vitamins. You got to take your vitamins when it gets a little cold out there. And uh, you know, as Christians, the best vitamin uh, to take is simply B1, right? B1, best vitamins B1. Blaze told me to tell that joke right there. I, I, I wasn't going to tell it, but prayerfully, you're taking your vitamins. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Do you want to be like Jesus Christ? I said, do you want to be like Jesus? That is the title of our lesson today. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 1. I hope you'll put up with a little of my foolishness. You may have not had to do that with me, but amen. (laughs) But you're already doing that. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband, to Christ. So that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit, from the one you received or a different gospel from the one you accepted you put up with it easily enough and the church stops we, we, we don't say amen to that but we see exactly what's going on in the church <laughs> it wasn't that there were false teachers coming in going after the church it was the fact that they were putting up with it <laughs> that was the issue this different Jesus that was preached I love Paul. He highlights that uh, God. He says, "He says, you know, uh, I am jealous for you with a godly jealous. Prayerfully, you are jealous about your God. You are jealous about the Jesus that you serve. That you don't want anyone saying anything about your Jesus. You don't want anyone teaching just any old thing about Jesus Christ. That you have Paul's jealousy about Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. Amen. We learned that last week." We need to be jealous about Jesus Christ and who he is, how he's portrayed and how he's represented in the world that we live in. Of course, in Exodus 34 verse 14, it says, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is is jealous is a jealous God. So that means if you are a true worshiper of God, God is jealous. God doesn't want you, God doesn't want any other gods going after you. He doesn't want any other any other gospels going after you. That's Jesus Christ. He's jealous for you. Are you jealous for Jesus? See, Paul really, really, really brings it home here, and I I, I, I really love this because he says you guys you guys put up and he, and he called it out that they were putting up with a different Jesus. And so I, I started to think about all the different Jesuses that are preached out there. And I started thinking about how, how, how they manifest, how churches are built on them, and how, how people have their own certain view of Jesus Christ. And I thought I'd share them with you today. There's the Jesus that, dare we say, I, I really believe for myself, this hits me personally, that I follow. I call this Jesus the consumer Jesus. 
This is Jesus at a discount. It's the consumer Jesus. And for me, I, I wanted to be like Jesus, but I wanted Jesus at a discount. You know, we go to, we go to Craigslist looking for what? A discount. We want to know if Craig can get us a discount. We go to eBay because we want, we want to see if we can get that latest gadget at a discount. We just want it at that lowest possible price. Are you with me here? And in your pursuit of Jesus, prayerfully, you're not looking for consumer Jesus. Jesus at a discount. How low of a cost can I get my commitment? Just how low can I get it? How low of a cost do, 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 can, can I, do, do I have to... What's the least amount that I can do and still be like Jesus? It's the consumer Jesus. He's preached out there. Prayerfully, that's not the Jesus you want to be like. There's the non-offensive Jesus. The Jesus that just says everybody's okay. We're all right. It's going to be okay. It doesn't matter how you live. Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter. This is what I call the non-offensive Jesus. Prayerfully, you don't want to follow the non-offensive Jesus. Jesus was very, very forward in his thinking. And dare we say, Jesus did not just come to comfort the disturbed. Jesus came to disturb the comfortable. Maybe you want to follow the racially biased Jesus. You know, that Jesus is preached out there. The racial Jesus. You can tell the racially biased Jesus by the, by the church. I mean, it's full of that race. They follow Jesus as long as he caters to their race. That's the racially biased Jesus. Some people think Jesus was Italian because he had wine with his meals, he used olive oil, and he talked with his hands. I mean, some, some, some people think Jesus was Irish because he was controversial, he loved green pastures, and he was always telling long stories. The racially biased Jesus. There's even the black Jesus out there that's preached. You know, he liked gospel music, couldn't get a fair trial, and called everybody brother. <laughs> this is the racially biased Jesus. Sadly, he's preached. There's the megachurch Jesus. The megachurch, very similar to the non-offensive Jesus. I mean, the megachurch Jesus, you got a megachurch, they got programs, they got all this kind of stuff. And their emphasis is on having a good time and having a good band and having all this great stuff. And their latest sermons come from the latest Hollywood movie. And of course, this is the megachurch Jesus. Yet they don't change the world. There's the prosperity gospel Jesus. That's Jesus you follow because you, you, you believe Jesus is going to give you something. You follow Jesus, you'll get that husband. You follow Jesus, you'll get that wife. You follow Jesus, you'll get a better job. You follow Jesus, you'll get this. You'll get, you'll get leadership. You'll, you'll get something. Yet Jesus only promises that his grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He didn't promise a wife. He didn't promise all these things. He promises you his grace. And that should be enough to, sufficient, to, to, to fulfill you. Are you with me here, church? And then, of course, there's 
There's the coffee house Jesus. There's the coffee house Jesus. How many of you love a good cup of coffee? Or a good cup of tea? There we go. We got an Englishman in the back there. He loves his good cup of tea right there. I I, I love I love coffee. I love I love tea as well. And you know when you go to a coffee house, sometimes you can get uh, you know that that slow roasted coffee. You, you, you can get a warm cup of coffee. You can get that quick shot of espresso coffee. You can get hot coffee or you can get ice cold coffee. And bottom line is you got the, the power to choose however you want it. You can have that coffee however you want it. It's the coffee house Jesus or the Burger King Jesus. You can have it your way. I want Jesus, but I want it my way. I don't want it to mess up my schedule. Don't let it mess up my job. Don't call me to get up in the morning, 10 o'clock, come to church. Oh my, it's snowing outside. Where's my coffee house, Jesus? I want a warmer Jesus, not so fiery. Sadly, me and my wife, we're from Washington in the United States. We moved to Los Angeles before we come here. But in Washington, they've now... Passed a law where ministers are now marrying people that are homosexual. Absolutely. Gay Jesus is preached. That you can be a homosexual and be saved and be right with God. And we know that those things are not in the mind of Christ. Bottom line, we're not to change Jesus. We're supposed to allow Jesus to change us. What's Jesus going to change about you today? Matthew chapter 5. The name Jesus is mentioned 840 time, 849 times in the Bible. And the title Christ is mentioned 558 times. We need to know about Jesus Christ. We need to know about Him. We need to think about Him. We need to have the mind of Christ. Amen? You say, well, what is the mind of Christ? Simple. The Word of God. It's the Word of God. And of course, the Word of God has a few things to say about a few different things. The Word of God has something to say about your marriage. The Word of God talks about marriage. The Word of God has something to say about your purpose. The Word of God talks about your purpose and explains it. The Word of God has even got something to say about your failures. In Isaiah, God says, listen, He's even forgotten some of your sin. I mean, that, that's an encouraging thought. That God thinks that way. He forgets about sin. He doesn't dwell on it. He's not stewing on it. He's not bitter about the, the way you've treated him over the past five, six, seven years. God will forget about it. Yeah. Problem is, you know what? We don't like forgetting about things. We can hold on and not have the mind of Christ. Do you want to be like Jesus Christ? Do you want to be like him? Let's see how Jesus thinks. Matthew chapter 5. All right. Check out Jesus Christ here. He says this in verse 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he took another road because, you know, Camden's so busy and people bumping and pushing and all that stuff on the street. He didn't do that, right? Says he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Jesus got a little tired sometimes. (laughs) His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, not troublemakers, peacemakers. (laughs) They'll be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who persecute, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And the church said, I don't care how long you've read this passage. It always challenges me spiritually. I've been reading it for about 15 years. And I'm always challenged to have the mind of Jesus Christ. To think the way Jesus Christ thought. Not humanistically. Not scientifically. But spiritually, thinking like Jesus Christ. How did Jesus think? Well, he lays it out right here. It's quite contrary to the world. He says in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the word blessed means superlatively happy. It means happy. And you know, it was great last night having a, a great Bible study with a couple. And uh, you know, they're, they're a very, 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 very spiritual couple. He is an attorney. And uh, she, she, of course, is a, is, a, is, a, is a mother, stay-at-home mom. But they both were professionals. They, they, they met each other. And, and they met, you know, they, 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 they came together and they, they got married. And, and he had some challenges with his relationship with the mind of Christ. And it stops you from seeing God. You can even believe, well, is this, my, my, is this the right man for me? Is this the right woman? When God put you together. When there's an impurity in your heart, oh my goodness, it can mess you up. When there's an impurity in, in, in your relationships, in your heart, it can stop you from seeing why God gave you those parents. Why God gave you that dad. Why God gave you that brother, that sister. Why God gave you that brother of accountability in your life. You can stop seeing God when your heart's impure. You can even come to a Sunday service and your heart can be critical and you don't, you don't learn anything. Because you don't have a pure heart. And of course, you won't be blessed. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And of course, peace is reconciling people and helping people know the Lord. This is the mind of Christ. You guys still with me here? Yeah. I look at this list here. It's just so powerful. And of course, in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He says, wow, you should be fired up to be persecuted. You should be excited to be persecuted because that means you are blessed. I got baptized. And as soon as I got baptized, my parents were were very negative about me being baptized. Never mind the fact that prior to that, I was in every bar and club and unfaithful in every relationship that I was in. Pornography? Oh yeah, absolutely, daily. I was in all of that. There was never any conversation about that. But as soon as I changed my life and started thinking like Jesus, ooh, baby, my life challenged their life. And then the persecution came. And I remember, I read this, oh, well, okay, I'm being persecuted. I'm blessed. Hey man, I'm doing something right. Persecution is a sign 
of doing something right. This is the mind of Jesus Christ. You guys still with me here? Luke chapter 13. Do you want to be like Jesus? If you want to be like Jesus, you've got to think like him. You've got to think like Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 13, point number one, the mighty character of Jesus. Let's look at the mighty character of Jesus. Verse verse 22. It says, Then Jesus went through the towns and the villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? (laughs) Of course, they're asking about a few people, but really what they're asking, they're like, Lord, are we going to be saved? (laughs) That's really what they're saying. How does Jesus answer? He says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you'll stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate, we drank with you and taught in your streets. But he replied, you followed a different Jesus, really. I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There'll be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets of the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. People will come from the east and the west and north and the south and will take their place at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and the first will be last. At that time, some of the Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place. Go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Jesus got death threats. Jesus Christ got threatened with death. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to be like Jesus Christ? How does, how does Jesus respond to this negative situation? How, how does he... Re- Let's see if it shakes his faith. Let's see if he, he stops believing he's the son of God. Let's see if he, he, he starts questioning the kingdom of God. Let's see if he, he, he says, this isn't right. It doesn't make sense. Let's see if that is what Jesus does in his character. He replied, go tell that fox. <laughs> I will drive out demons, heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today, tomorrow, and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. And the church said, Jesus wasn't afraid. He was not afraid. I believe he lived on a divine timetable. He he, he had a different timetable. So he was not afraid. The other thing that stands out is he says, you go tell that fox. Of course, we understand foxes were, were, were slick. Foxes were cunning. Foxes did most of their... Their work at night. Where he says, I'm Jesus Christ. I do my work in the light. The other thing I see here is that Jesus set goals. (laughs) He set goals. He says, I will reach my goal. You know, I'm so fired up about the goals that we are setting here in London. Jesus set goals. What are your goals? What are your spiritual goals that you have? 
are the spiritual goals that you have for your family? What are the spiritual goals you have for yourself? What are your spiritual goals you have for those that you mentor? What are your goals for those that mentor you? You, you, you want to see them grow. I mean, Jesus said goals. You know, of course, as a church, we have some goals. There's some things we want to do here. We want to evangelize all of London, but we want to evangelize all of the British Commonwealth. Can I get an amen on that? Our charge is not just London, England. It's not just, just London, England. Our charge is 14 million. And then after we get that 14 million, then we got to go to the Commonwealth. That, that, that's, that's, our, that's our goal. What are our goals this year? Well, this year, by faith, I believe we can double in growth. I believe that we can double it. It's already happening. It's already happening. God is adding to our number. And of course, we, we, we said, listen, we want to have an addition every week. After today, we will have had more than weekly additions. We got, we got the weekly additions going, guys. God is adding to our number. Do you believe we can double this year? If we're going to double, it means we got to think like Jesus. We got to be like Jesus. We got to be merciful. The kingdom has got to be ours. We got to be sold out. What are the other goals? I believe we can put on five interns here in London, England. Five interns, five young people that can serve the church by making disciples. And we have some incredible young people. We have some incredible disciples that are raising on up. Some, some, some incredible disciples that are just going after. The brother I love with all my heart is our brother Yami Bella. You know, Yami just is sold out. He's sold out. He's fired up. He's broke. He's poor in spirit. But Yami walks in. He's got this smile a million miles on his face. He's just been reaching out and, and really serving God. He's blessed. He's blessed. Great young person. I was at the King's College Bible Talk. And of course, Jamil. You know Jamil. Jamil's got that way about him. He just he just kind of stands back like, nah, don't ask me to do it. Nah, I don't want it. Then he gets up there and he does the Bible talk. He's just laying it out. It's like, it's like come on. This, this guy, this is a young man who can do something. We, we, we got some incredible young people in our church. I, I, there's so many. I think, I think about Catherine and Kia and Kimmy and all, all the people in our church. It's like, wow. We got to have five interns here. There, there's got to be. Is that your goal? I want to be an intern for the church. I want to serve the church. The kingdom of God is mine. The young are the leaders, guys. The world understands that. They're going after young people. They're going after them. Are we going after them? We got incredible young people. You know, I'm so proud of uh, our newest convert, Nathan. One of our newest converts. I talked to Nathan the other day and uh, we just started chatting about a few different things and he says, you know, I, I, have, I have some goals, but I, I, I want to be close to God before, before, before I, I, I go for those goals. One of my goals is I, I want to talk to you about going on a mission team. You mentioned mission team. You mentioned that the church is going to put churches all around the world. You mentioned, you mentioned the country I'm from, South Africa. I, I want to... I want to talk to you about that. That's one of my goals. Now, Nathan hasn't been around the church for a year and a half and waiting to get his... Nathan just said, wow, he hears the word of God and sees the plan of God. He goes, I, I, I want to set a goal. 
And so I said, Nathan, amen. We'll talk about where the Lord could send you. Right now, he's got you in London. Amen. <laughs> you got to crank London, Nathan. But he's just fired up about goals. Then, of course, we had our open mic night on Friday night. And then we, after our open mic night, which was an incredible time of, of fun and fellowship, Nathan pulled me aside. I got some more goals. I said, amen, bro. He goes, I want to get married. I said, amen. Amen. I said, come on. You know, so many of us as singles, we don't want to say our goal. We don't want to, we want to be spiritual. We're spiritual. Don't jump wrong, bro. We even get an attitude. Someone asks, hey, you want to, I mean, you behave like you need to get married. But you know what they say, you don't set a goal. You'll hit it every time. You'll hit it every time. I said, Nathan, you got to love the Lord first. And we'll, we'll talk about the marriage there a little bit later. Amen. Are you goal oriented? Do you have any goals for your life? What are your spiritual goals this year? What do you want to do for the Lord this year? For His glory. What are your goals? You know, I, uh, of course, uh, I love Steve Frazier. He's been around the church for so long. And uh, Steve Frazier is really just, uh, just an incredible example of being sold out in the church. And of course, he was at the Bible study last night. And it was, it was interesting because you had a married couple, another married couple, another married couple, and then you had Steve, the one abnormally born right there. <laughs> and, and Steve Frazier, it didn't faze him at all. You know, you had, we were talking married stuff, and Steve would just he walked right on in, got himself some curry chicken and everything, and sat down and started engaging with everyone. And, and uh, Steve says, you know, as we started doing the Bible study, he says, you know, I've got a goal. One of the things I want to do is see my, my family, they, 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 they were wealthy. My, my father was wealthy, but, but, you know, through some bad business dealings, he, he lost that wealth. But there were some things I learned from my family, and, and, and there, there, there are some finances that I was given at a particular time that I was able to help God's church. And, 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 and my, my goal... I see that my goal is I want to be a man who raises funds and funds mission teams. That's my goal. Do we need some more men like that in the church? Absolutely. It could be you. You could use your business savvy, your skills to help raise finances. To see God's dream accomplished here on earth. You know, I'm so fired up about our church in L.A. They bring uh, good news. And, of course, uh, they're, they're very goal-oriented over there. Not that our faith is in the goal, guys. Yeah. Your faith is in God. Yeah, good point. Your faith is in God. Yeah. And they just say, uh, as they uh, kind of highlight some of the things that have happened on over there, it says, greetings from Los Angeles Sunday. After much prayer and fasting, our Father in he- heaven has blessed our Bring Your Neighbor Day goal of 1,000 for the Lord. With a record attendance of 1,191 people at church. This church started four and a half, five years ago. And now they're having 1,200 people at church. That's, that's what they're having right now. That does not count all the people they sent to London. That does not count the people they sent to Hawaii. That does not count the people they sent to Brazil. That does not count the people they sent to New York. That does not count the people they sent to Phoenix. That does not count all the disciples. But because they've set so many goals, as Jesus set goals, God is really amongst them and blowing it out. You know, we need to have a bring your neighbor day. 
We need, to, we need to just imitate that and have ourselves a cranking, bring your neighbor day. Will we really blow it out for the Lord? And of course in February we're going to do that. You think we can bring 100 or 200 people to church, guys? You think we can, we, we can fill this room where we have to knock that out and, and, and open this thing on up and get 200 people here to hear the word of God? Let's set a goal and go after it, guys. Jesus Christ was goal-oriented. He was goal-oriented. If we're going to imitate Jesus, we've got to set goals. Amen? Point number two. The righteous judgment of Jesus. Revelation chapter 3. The righteous judgment of Jesus. We live in a world where they say, hey, don't judge. Guy told me that on campus. You Christian, I want to follow you guys because you guys judge everyone. I go, isn't that a judgment? Wow. Well, that's tricky. No, that was a judgment. You just judged me. You made a judgment on all Christians. You said we do this. You judged me. And you say, he didn't have nothing to say about that. I said, Jesus judges righteously. Revelation chapter 3. Check this out. Let's see how Jesus judges. Verse 1. To the angel of the church at Sardis write. Now you got to understand, this is written to those who had already made the decision to become Christians and to, stay, and, and to be disciples. So he's writing them. He's, he's going after those who had already made the, uh, the decision to make Jesus Lord. It says, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits. Of God and seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, <laughs> but you're dead. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. That is the scariest thing in the world right there. Jesus says, you, you don't know when he's coming. He's coming, but you don't know when. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will like them be dressed in white. I'll never blot his name from the book of life. But will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. He who has an ear, and that's everyone, right? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus comes here and he makes a judgment, a righteous judgment. Jesus is righteous, amen? He says in the, in the beginning, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. That's so different than the way we think. We say, well, in my heart, I want to be at church. I just, you know, it's just a little snowy out there. I just, but I'm with you in spirit. In my heart, I want to be evangelistic. In my heart, I want to be sold. In my heart, I mean, God, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does know your heart. You're right. Your deeds evidence your heart. The evidence. That's how Jesus judges. He looks at the deeds. He comes to the church and sees what they're doing. And he makes a righteous judgment. Now, you come to church today, that's awesome, amen? amen? God's seen you, you're here, God is fired up about that. But then he nails them on having a reputation for being sold out, but not living that way. What do we learn here? Once sold out, not always sold out. Once on fire for God, not always on fire for God. Once wanting to go on the mission team, not always ready. Once trusting and fired up about being, being, being blessed with a marriage in the kingdom, not always fired up. But we got to have the mind of Christ. 
and be like Jesus and change our deeds. Are you with me here, church? Let's see if he judges the other church a little different here. Verse 7. Angel of the church of Philadelphia. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he has shut, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. He disciples that church the same way. Let's see if, it's, see if he does another. Check out verse 14. To the angel of the church at Laodicea. These are the words of the Amen. And of course, Amen means so be it. So when Jesus says it, so be it. (laughs) The faithful and true witness. Jesus says, I'm faithful and I am true. And he says that because he's going to help them understand they haven't been faithful and they haven't been true. Says the ruler of God's creation, I know your deeds. You neither cold nor hot. See, that coffee house Jesus couldn't work with him. Says you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. Required wealth. I don't need a thing. But you don't realize you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined fire. So you can become rich in white clothes you can wear. You can overcome your shameful nakedness. And Sal, to put over your eyes so you can see. To those whom I rebuke, I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is not calling on how to become a disciple, how to become a Christian. This is not addressing that. This is addressed to people that had become Christians, but Jesus has left the building. And he was knocking, trying to get into the church, and they wouldn't let him in. He wanted to be in that church. They wouldn't let him in. And sadly, we have churches that Jesus is just not there. He's not in that church. He's knocking. He wants to be in. He wants that church to be evangelistic. He wants interns on. He he wants radical things done for his dream. But the church, they, they, they don't want to let Jesus in. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him. And he with me. To him who overcomes, I love Jesus, he always leaves you inspired. (laughs) To him who overcomes, I'll give the right to sit with me on the throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The righteous judgment of Jesus. The righteous judgment of Jesus. What a church does is not hidden from Jesus Christ. Righteousness is shown by what you do. It's shown by what you do. And you know, I, I just, I got to boast. I got to boast. In, I, I, I'm fired up about the disciples in London, England. You know, it was great being in California, Los Angeles. But I, I just, hey man, it's awesome. I'm fired up. I, I want to be with my brothers. I want to believe it's Blaze and Patricia Thunga. I mean, we're, we're doing something. We're building something over there. You know, uh, James Morgan is starting to imitate Blaze. He even said a French word today. I was like, come on. That's some growth there. 20 years and he's still going after imitation. It's awesome. My sister Dee, she came to me afterwards and she was just inspiring. I want to talk to the church about singing with your spirit and really just getting getting into it. I'm like, amen. This is our church. I see our campus ministry. Colton and Mandy Rowan just pouring themselves out. It's like, wow. The deeds. The disciples. Our faithful sister Tiffany. She says, I don't care about the snow. I'm coming from Oxford. I want to be with the kingdom of God. I'm coming. I'm going to be there. 
And even old faithful Jeff, Jeff still comes to church. He's, he's, we're, 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 we still, we love Jeff. I'm proud of the church. I'm proud of what we've been doing, guys. But it doesn't stop here. We've got to continue going after it. We've got to continue having deeds that evidence righteousness. Amen? I love our, uh, our brother Vic Gonzalez Jr. He's down there, of course, in, uh, in Santiago, Chile. And uh, they, they have just been going after it. He says, greetings from the church down here in the Southern Hemisphere. Santiago, Chile. God continues to bless us with more and more f- fruit. In the 42 weeks since the supplemental mission team arrived, our gracious Lord has blessed us with 54 baptisms. So far, in 2012, God has blessed us with a campus ministry baptism, a singles ministry baptism, a marriage ministry baptism. Now that's teamwork. To God be all the glory. Amen. I mean, that, that just gets God excited. Do you want to baptize someone? Do you want to help someone know the Lord? Do you really want to go after it? What are the deeds that you're going to allow to accomplish? The deeds that are going to be matched with your faith that are going to help you to accomplish your goals. I really want to see young people raise up. I want to see the marriage ministry grow. It's our deeds that evidence righteousness, guys. It's what we do for God in this life that evidences righteousness. Number three, the radical teachings of Jesus. The radical teachings of Jesus. Let's look at what Jesus taught. If we want to be like him, we've got to allow deeds to evidence our heart. If we want to be like him, we've got to be radical as Jesus was radical. Luke chapter 9. Let's look at one of his radical teachings. Verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in a private, and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? I mean, (laughs) Jesus is always challenging the guys that were right next to him. (laughs) I mean, he knew what the crowd said, but he wanted to hear what they had to say. He was just putting them on the spot. Who do the crowd say? He's just just still trying to check. Are you guys still sold out? You guys still want to make disciples? He, he He didn't judge by appearance. He was always calling people higher. That's just Jesus. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others. That one, one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. I mean, that's a good question for us this morning. What about you? What, what, What do you have to say about Jesus? Do you say Jesus is awesome? He's inspirational? Or Jesus isn't fair? I mean, you don't know, I've been abused. Jesus isn't right. You don't know, I've been praying for this goal and I haven't got it all my life. Jesus isn't right. What about, what do you say about Jesus Christ? Who is your, do you want to be like him? Who is your Jesus this morning? Who do you say I am, he says. Peter replied, Christ of God. (laughs) Peter blew it a lot, but he got this one, amen. (laughs) Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected at the, by the elders, the chief priests, teacher of the law. And he must be killed on the third day, raised to life. 
Then he said to all of them, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. And the church said, This is radical. There's no other church that says you got to give up everything. To be a part of Jesus calls him to give up everything. And not to be ashamed. Not to be ashamed of that. Not to be ashamed of what they stand for. As Jesus gave up everything, he died for us. Are you with me here, church? I'm so fired up about so many different disciples around the kingdom. But more importantly, I'm fired up about one of the disciples that's willing to give up everything to come to London to be here. And that's our brother Michael Hart right there. Michael and Maria have been around for years. They've been around for years and and, and they they have done an incredible job. They haven't had ministers coming in left and right. They haven't had all this support over there. But they said, listen, we follow Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed. We're going to make disciples. And they've made disciples on this small little island of Curacao. Of course, that's right north of Venezuela there. And and they've been going after. But but over, over the course of time, they just go, man, I'm just... Uh, we've just gotten weary. We, we, it's just been challenging. We, we need to be with God's church, and we need discipling. We, we need we need to see the miracles. We, we we need to be we need people in our lives. We need our kids connected with other Christian kids. We we just we need to be with the church. But that came at a great cost. So you got to understand, Michael runs his family business. Pretty great business, and Curacao is a pretty cranking place to be. I mean, I got to Curacao. I mean, I was working on my suntan and everything. It was, it was awesome. This place is like paradise. It's incredible. You get off and you hear the little the music. You know, everyone's all joyful. They're doing this. They're doing the dances and everything. And they're in the street. The music comes on at night and the lights are going and everything. And everyone's just so happy. And it's sunny. There's no snow. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, you look at the water, you see the fish, you see the little fish floating in the water, fish wave at you, they're all fired up. It's a beautiful country they live in. I've never seen sand that doesn't stick to your feet. I got some ugly feet too. And the sand didn't even stick to my feet. I was like, golly, this place is incredible. And I look in Michael's eyes and he goes, we're moving. We want to be with the kingdom. That's radical. That is radical. That is a radical teaching to, 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 to not be ashamed, to give up everything. Are you ashamed to follow Jesus Christ? Will you give up everything to follow him? You have another individual that I so appreciate who, uh, he says he's coming to our conference. That's Michael Kirshner. Michael Kirshner leads, uh, yeah, he's an amazing Christian. He leads our finances for our movement. Of course, he's in Los Angeles. But Michael Kirshner, for those of you that don't know Michael, and you need to get to know him, he, of course, worked at General Mills. And at one point, when he was... Working for General Mills, he, he, he knew he couldn't be in a situation that he was in and he was going to have to move. Now, moving meant moving from Minnesota to Los Angeles. That also came with a great cost. You say, what's the cost? Well, Michael had risen up the ranks in General Mills to become one of the high-ranking executives. I'm talking vice president status. And when he realized where he was at, he was going to have to give up that job, give up his family, give up everything, and be with God's kingdom, God's church. His boss came to him and said, you know, Michael, I just want you to know what you're doing. You're up in line for president. We want to do that for you within the next year or so. And you know what that, that, that's going to come with, don't you? You know, you know how much of a package that could be for you. Michael says, no. They say, 
50 million dollars. 50. Oh yeah, 50. Michael says, I love God and the kingdom more than I love money and moved to Los Angeles. Is that radical? Yeah. Is that incredible? I know you guys don't even believe it. Some of you are like, <laughs> I see, I see that, I see that, little, that little pessimism come over you right there. Dude, 50. Man, you really, email him, call him. Call him on up. He's your brother. Those are the kind of disciples in God's kingdom. Is that not radical? What are you going to do that's radical this year? What are you going to do that's radical? Jesus had radical teachings. And when you have radical teachings, it makes radical. Disciples, we will be radical here. Last point, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The mission of Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? You want to be like him, you've got to be radical. Luke 19, verse 10. I love what he says here. We'll pick it up in verse 1 actually. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not. I mean, you got this guy that was on fire for God, but he wasn't, he wasn't super tall. He was kind of short. Reminds me of a, of a young man I know named Paul Tunbridge. It just reminds me of a man that, that I know that wants to see Jesus. He's not the tallest thing in the world, but let me tell you something. He's a giant in faith. Let's keep going. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree. I mean, I can see Paul Tunbridge doing that too. To see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I mean, I can just see Paul up there, just trying to be at Bible talk. He's in a tree looking down. He said, I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to them, Salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. And the church said, See, Jesus had a mission to save people. That was his mission, to seek and save the lost. What's interesting about Zacchaeus is there's a criticism that comes over him. You know, it's sad to admit that, you know, in our former fellowship, Paul, Paul, Paul Thumbridge says, listen, I, I, I want to ask some questions of the leaders. When's the last time you studied the Bible or, or, or been in a study or, or, or were evangelistic? And, and, and sadly, instead of the leaders going, well, this time or that time, there was a negative response. So much so that it hurt Paul's faith. Paul says, you know, I've got to go where they're seeking and saving the lost. And so, of course, Paul's been coming to church with us. He's been coming to Bible talks. He's been giving disciples rides. He, he, he's been going after it. Simply because he wants to be like Jesus. He wants to save people. He wants to seek and save the lost. To be like Jesus, you've got to want to be evangelistic. 
You got to want the ministry. You, you got to decide that the ministry is fiery and awesome and fun for you. Because if the ministry isn't fun for you, there's something impure in your heart. You don't see God anymore. You just see the labor. And let me tell you something. The ministry is awesome. Evangelism is awesome. Evangelism is incredible. It sustains. And of course, we've been, we've been having some talks. We've had a couple studies with Paul. And prayerfully, Paul will be getting restored here within the next week or so. We need to be praying for this. We need to be praying for this Zacchaeus here, right here. Doing everything he can to, to, to be with a church that is about the mission of God. I mean, is the church you're in about God's mission? Is that the church you're in? See, being like Jesus, you got to be a man of the mission. A woman of the mission. You know, I'm so excited today at the church here. At just God bringing two more miracles to faith. You know, if you were not at our open mic night this Friday night, which is a place we come just to showcase our talent for God, you missed an incredible night. You missed a young woman who sang like a like an angel. You know, we've had a lot of people come on out. And all the time, I can see the disciples. When people come on out, we have these talented individuals come on out. And they sing this incredible song and the disciples are going, I wish they were a disciple. I, I've seen it. I mean, I've, 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 I've been there too. Oh, man. And then, of course... Cleo gets on up there, who's been studying the Bible, who's been going after it, who's not ashamed, who wants the mission. And, and I say, Cleo, can you sing? And she goes, mm, you know, you know, a little, a little bit. Okay. So, I, you know, we had a couple of things going on. I went back to her and said, Cleo, can, can, Cleo, you go? And then finally, okay, I'm going to sing. And then Cleo comes up there and just blows out this... I mean, you got Whitney Houston, but you... I mean, let me tell you something. She had this incredible, incredible voice. And there was just a purity there. Just just like, wow. She's singing before she gets ready to become a disciple. That's where she... I mean, it, it wasn't so much about her being talented, but it was the spiritual thing that I saw. That here's a woman who's going to be right with God, and because of that, she's singing. She's singing. Are you still singing? Wow. Are you still singing? You know what you do when you sing. You're in the shower. You're fired up. You just sing. Are you still singing? I tell you, when Cleo goes down in that water, it's going to be a little chilly. But I think she's still going to come up out of there. Our sister still singing for the Lord. Amen. I'm so proud of the campus ministry. I'm so proud of another young man who's going to be baptized, Matthew Ali, who's going to be baptized today. Now you got to understand, Matthew, this, this guy, he's got that little baby face, but he's hard line there. He was asking some tough, tough questions, and we had to show him the teachings. We say, you want to be like Jesus, you got to be radical. You got to be in the mission. You got to do all this stuff. And and, and you got to understand, Matthew is he's, he's 18, but he, he lives on his own. He's got his own flat. He's a very responsible young man, and he's doing his foundational courses to get into UCL, which is one of the top colleges in the world. Uh, and so, so, so he's he's got an integrity about him, but. Uh, uh, he, he, he just went after it, studying the Bible. And, and truth be told, me and Colton and some of the campus guys, we, we thought there was another young man who had been going after it, was going to make Jesus Lord, was going to go after it. But when it came to being ashamed of Jesus, he didn't want to step up. He did not want to step up. And we had done a Bible study with, 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 with Matthew 
and, 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 and with this other individual. And I, I, in my heart, I, wonder, I was wondering about Matthew. I was like, is he really going to go for the mission? Is he going to do it? I don't, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of, almost like the spiritual incredible. He just, <laughs> I want to be baptized. I want to be a disciple. I'm not ashamed. I don't give anyone. It doesn't matter. My family, my friends. If anyone, if I can, I want to be a disciple. He's getting baptized today. Amen. And more importantly, he wants to make disciples. See, the church is all about being like Jesus. The church is all about imitating Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus Christ? If you want to be like Jesus, you've got to embrace his mission. If you want to be like Jesus, you've got to think the way he thinks. His thinking turned the world upside down. If you want to be like Jesus, you can't be ashamed. You've got to be willing to go anywhere, do anything, and give up everything for the sake of the gospel. To God be all the glory, guys. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.